this is Caleb Waite, and you are listening to the Seafood Podcast with David LaPerry. Sifu Hotman, the third poem in this nature series. Appraising versus praising. Mm. So there's some kind of competition going on. Here. <laughs> <What> is this? <laughs> this is about as competitive as, you know, writing poetry gets maybe. Mm. Um, Fierce. <laughs> you know, I think like really, you know, the, the heart behind this poem comes from, uh, probably my personality specifically. Um, so I think this is a pretty personal uh, poem of, you know, if we look at all the, all the poems in the series together and uh, you know, my personality is, is pretty matter of fact and um, very deliberate. Person. But you write poetry. Well, right. Yeah. I don't so, understand. You know, I'm always trying to break the, break the mold, <laughs> break the mold. Um, you know, but I think, I have, have a tendency to value things based on how they can benefit me. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So friendships, relationships, um, things that I own, things that I would want to own. Um, a lot of the things in my life, they have to have a purpose. Uh, and usually those purposes are probably quite selfish. Mm. So a kind of self-centered, pragmatic point of this is what I use for this. Right. Exactly. And, you know, and so things in my, things in my life or, or people in my life, um, are, you know, tools to achieve, uh, the things that, that I think are worthy to achieve. And, um, and then that stepping stones, right. And that tendency can then translate itself into my faith. Mm. Um, where God becomes less than himself, right? Which is a danger that we all face um, when he becomes less than who he is, right? We try to put him in a box or or make him into something that he's not. Um, And that's really where, like, the beginning of the poem is talking about that. It's this idea of um, I'm going to appraise God for his usefulness hmm. for my life yeah. um, as if uh, there is an option beyond, you know, him for joy and fulfillment wow. and yeah. what I need. Yeah, that's great. That's good. I I mean, I see that everywhere. That temptation is it's very real. I was just reminded, I was reading just an article today, uh, today because I'm considering going into uh, grad school and seminary and it says four things to be reminded of before you go and one was just are you excited to study about jesus or are you excited to know jesus more Mm. and just like every point was like the questions of how to check the idolatry in your heart and how you're using god like are you excited about the prospects of this or are you excited about being able to do this or just are you excited to study the Bible to get to get the answers, to get the knowledge? To are you Like, yeah, it, it, it was phrased. Are you excited to master the Bible or are you excited to have the Bible master you? Mm. Just like, oh, yeah, that's tough. Oh, one. Yeah. So painful. That yeah. temptation's in us or just around every day. 
Yeah. You know, and I think like what, you know, what is the natural outcome of that? And I think this is, you know, where we get into like some difficult theology is, you know, sort of when we come to the end of that road in our lives and and these happen in chapters, right? In seasons, Mm -hmm. right? I go through a season where this is, I'm filled with this, filled with this. And then Jesus lets me have what I want and then it fails and then I'm crushed and I'm broken. You know, then we start talking about, you know, the love of God hurting and not feeling very good. And we don't really like talk about God in that way. And so I really think, you know, towards the end of that first stanza, you know, the character in the poem or myself, um, you get to that point where you think you're about to grab God and you realize this is like an idiotic attempt attempts wow. and it hurts, you know, at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really like the break in that between stanza one and stanza two, you know, it's sort of a pregnant break, right? Cause it's like, what happens after that hmm. happens? You're expecting something, right? right? So is it, you know, is it complete annihilation and, and, hmm. you know, and a, a complete falling away? Um, you know, is it like redoubling your efforts? You know, what's going to happen to change yeah. the story? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that last line in the first stanza. It says, the goal unreachable as fleshly mortal man cannot grapple, I am. Mm. So where do you think it goes? What what is that pause? What what are you trying to draw us into in that expectancy? Because the world world would just say, right, would, would view it as, you know, tighten your bootstraps or, you know, just get, I don't know, just like these, this empty mantras of, do better. Right. And I, and I think that's sometimes that is our response even, right. Our response is, well, that maybe that approach wasn't right. You know, maybe I should have, um, you know, maybe I should have glued my, my wings together better, you know, to reach them or something. Um, but I think like the hope is at the end of that attempt, you're broken in such a way that you're ready to see God for who he is hmm. um, and not for, for who you think he think he is or who you want him to be to, to fit your life. Wow. Um, and really that's where it stands at you really. I mean, it's this idea of, you know, it's, it's God who makes the move toward us. Yeah. Um, even, even for us Christians, like it's never us, moving towards him he's always the one to make the first move you know right yeah i think so often we we buy into i don't know whether it's conscious or subconscious right it's the i take one step forward you take two god will take two towards you or god helps those who helps themselves right right? just again and again we've felt that and it's not just something that has fed to us socially but it's something within us Mm -hmm. that says this is how things work Right. Because it's like that pride that's wanting to attain something well, yeah, like that we, we can't grapple. Right. We want to have, we all want to have some role to play right. in our salvation or in our sanctification. Um, and we're, we're, we're very hesitant to admit that it's completely a work of grace. Uh, and that that's a tension and that's a tough thing for, for us. But I think it's, it's the, the more we view him 
and his awesome, majestic beauty, both in his person and who he is, but then also in what he's done on our behalf. It's, it's those things that change us and make us yield yeah. um, rather than like trying to yeah. do it ourselves. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. Like I'm just reminded of like God wants the humble and contrite heart. Right. 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 It's yeah. not the Pharisee standing, boasting his, his, uh, you know, and all the spices and the tenths of things that he gives. And while the, while the tax tax collector is actually the one who's tearing his clothes saying, God, forgive me, have mercy on me, a sinner. He's the one who goes home justified, not, not, not the other. And, it's just again those themes of just God breaking our pride down in ways that, like you said, hurt, right? Like, like it's it's depicting. I love how it's like it goes from this like frozen landscape into magma. It's such a suddenly <laughs> just just burrowing holes into the earth here, and it's it, again like the picture is you know the gospel is the thing that's just it's offensive, right? The grace yeah. of Christ is offensive because like Haman we don't want to go into the Jordan right we want we want to pay for for uh for our healing and God will not have any of it yeah yeah and I and I think like in the and like God not having any of it is grace right it's that's grace um and and that's the amazing thing about God is that I mean, we think so often, one, we have this like false sense of like humility where, you know, we're like, we humble ourselves before God and that means he's supposed to do something for us. But then we also have this like weird view of him, like not glorified and, and fully capable of doing all that he says he's going to do. Um, but then I think like, right, like, like that view of him changes us in such a way where we're at the end of the poem praising and moving toward him so even the tense right like you brought up even the tense that we're giving the ties that we're giving or the things that we're doing are not to earn him or reach him mm. but we're doing those things responsively because he's made us and those things are a part of a part of us because he's made us it's good. It's good. I love it. The uh, as as it said here, like the the curtain is torn, yeah. thickly, thick, thickly woven threads torn utterly into just that huge barrier, that huge veil from the top down, right. done away with. Enter in, right? Right, and you pick. Yeah, you picked it out, right? Like that. It's supposed to. Be, it is an allusion, right, to that to the veil in the temple that was ripped at Christ. Uh, crucifixion so there is this access that has been won for us through Christ um, and so he calls us as as in the beginning of stanza two and then we're, we're there, there's no call of God that can be uh, withstood and so mm. when he calls we come and when we're we enter in we're we're struck by who he is and um, and we can't help but lose lose ourselves yeah yeah as it says the finite restored right yeah praise god for his pursuing grace absolutely 100 all right david excited for the next one all right man all right